Welcome to the Successful Side Hustle, Episode 2. My name is Brandi Segura, and I am your host for this podcast, and thank you for joining me. The title of this episode is The Five Strategic Pillars You Should Be Focusing On to Build Your Yoga Business Right Now. If you haven't listened to episode number one, I just want to say it again. I'm so excited to have started this podcast. I have 20 plus years of being in business for myself, worth of stories, insights, blunders, successes, and just little little tidbits to help you out along the way. So I hope that you can take something from what I have to share and use it and implement it in your own successful side hustle. This podcast is for anyone who has already graduated YTT or is thinking about becoming a yoga teacher or if you are a fitness instructor and you are currently looking for ways to expand and grow your fitness business. So if that is you, you have landed in the right place. Welcome. Okay, so we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of some business strategies. Now, when we talk about business strategies, a lot of times right away, we want to go and dive into um, what we would call like the, the templates and the tools to create the business plan. But really where we need to start is understanding the areas of focus to build a successful side hustle. So I'm gonna give you my perspective on the five strategic pillars that you should focus on um, for your yoga business or your fitness business. And when I say this, what I'm really referring to is five areas of focus that you should start focusing on from the foundation up. So if you've already established some of what I'm gonna talk about, then that's great, you're already ahead of the game, okay? So I just wanna make that, um, I, I wanna clarify that. So I'm not suggesting that you should back up and start all the way over. But th- these would be sort of like five columns of, of focus, five areas of study for you to begin to craft and create a global and, and a well-balanced business. The success of your business is going to depend on having a strong foundation in five areas. And those five areas are understanding who your ideal student is, your technique and your skill with your delivery, your actual programming and class delivery, the results that you are intending to deliver and the results that your students are actually getting, and finally, your permanence, your ability to stay relevant in this industry. So let's break that down. Building a yoga or a fitness business isn't just about making money. However, money is an important piece to consider if that's one of your determinations for success. If you're actually doing um, your fitness and yoga business and you're working that business because you want to make money or you want to make a supplemental income or maybe you want to make this your main source of income, then this is something that we need to know right from the start so that we can begin to plan how to optimize your profit streams. 
So we wanna lay a foundation in these five areas so that you can optimize what it is that you define as success in your business. And when you focus on these five pillars, what that's going to allow you to do is take control of your business and begin to understand where you are in your business model at every moment. Additionally, it'll help you to make decisions based on what your current short-term goals are, current mid-range goals are, current long-term goals are. This is something that I wish I would have learned a long time ago. I, I really stumbled across this much later, um, several years into owning my own businesses. But when you have a solid business model and a solid mission, you understand what your core values are, your decisions really make themselves for you. There's always gonna be those decisions that are a little more complicated. But I really hold true to this understanding that when you align with your personal mission statement, your personal voice, you understand your deepest set of core values and you understand what your idea of success is for your business, that any decision that doesn't feel right energetically, you're either not ready to make that decision and or the answer has not presented itself yet and we just pause and wait for the answer to come to us because it will. I promise you when you are aligned with yourself well, the answers always come. They don't always show up how we think they're going to though. And sometimes we jump the gun and we make those little mistakes in business and that's okay. A great entrepreneur gets back in the saddle and keeps going even through wrong decisions even though maybe a goal wasn't met, even though we've pivoted and taken a wrong, a, a wrong road somewhere. No biggie, we'll get back in, we'll make those adjustments that we need to, and we'll move forward. Okay, so let's talk about pillar number one. Now, I'm gonna go a lot more into this later on in uh, later episodes in this podcast, but I do wanna briefly mention understanding your ideal student your ideal demographic. This is huge in learning how to grow your business without expending too much energy. And also it's huge in learning how to grow your business without um, sacrificing your own, I, I wanna say feelings of self-confidence and worth. Now I don't, how I mean that it's in this context. There are times in my, in my experience of teaching fitness and yoga classes that I'll accept a class from a studio or a gym or a, you know, a, a group fitness manager and, and I'll say, yeah, I'll teach that. But really, it's not my favorite kind of class. I have to put way too much time into it. And my ideal student are not the attendees of that class. I teach the class for a few weeks, a couple of months, whatever it is, and there are a couple of things that will happen. One, maybe I am not filling that class well and those people are not resonating with my teaching style, or two, I don't feel content and I always feel like going to teach that class is a drag or it's heavy. It's like something I have to do rather than something I love to do. So understanding who your target market is is huge not just for 
optimizing your profits and building and growing your business, but it's huge for developing your own confidence and authenticity in your teaching voice. Your ideal student should align with your message where you are now. Now, as you grow older and you move along in your yoga and fitness journey, you'll find out quickly that, that you'll evolve and you'll change and so will your message as long as you stay connected to it. And that's okay. Every, and that's, that's part of permanence. That's part of staying relevant in this industry. So checking in with yourself, remaining in your own practice and understanding where you are and what your message is, is how you will understand if someone is right for you or if someone is not right for you. And energetically speaking, what's really brilliant about making this one of your pillars for growing your business is that not only will this help you directly, but indirectly, if you're able to identify someone who's not your ideal student, you refer them maybe to another teacher or to another business, you've just built part of your network, which is something, I don't have that in my five pillars for success, but it is definitely a, a huge piece in building a business is your ability to co-create and network with like, like businesses or like business owners around you. So you want to know where you are and you want to really speak to that very clearly so that the right people come to you and you can identify quickly whether or not the people you're talking to are for you or whether you should send them on down the road to someone else. Um, one way that we can remember and remind ourselves to stick with our ideal student is to write it down and write it down in your business planner. I didn't mention this earlier, but I, I keep a binder with, um, and I separate it with like section dividers and I'll, I'll have my pillars for my business in each section so that I can literally put random notes, random thoughts, things that don't necessarily make sense, um, but they just are categorized. It's like a filing system, essentially. So when you write this down, file it in your the way that you plan your business and the way that you organize your thoughts and your creative processes together. Put your ideal student um, summary there. Also, when considering your ideal student, you want to consider what your ideal student wants and needs from your class. Sometimes as a new teacher, this takes a minute and I know there will be other people in business that will tell you to move quickly on this. I tend to move a little bit more slowly so that I don't block myself from, from other ideas or other things that may have been in the background that didn't come into my mind at that point. So. My best advice to you is when you're thinking about the results that you're gonna offer your ideal student, I would suggest take a little time with this and really dig into your own practice, your own workouts, and understand what it is that you are getting from your own desire to teach, and then curate and cultivate those results that you're receiving and wanting to teach into your class delivery. I hope that made sense. So, so you are basically um, refining your result. And once you have that result refined and 
clarified down to the simplest form, we can start to talk about it and start to talk about it really loud and really proud. Okay, pillar number two, your technique and skill, your knowledge in what it is that you do. When you establish technique and skill, what happens is a couple of things. You develop professionalism and rapport with your students, which is so important. Professionalism in this industry will begin to separate you from a fitness instructor that teaches at a YMCA to a fitness instructor who is growing their own business. You need to understand where your skill and your technique lies, where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are so that you can sharpen your skills continually and create your products around your best technique and your best skill. When you do this and when you deliver it well to your students, your students will develop um, not just trust with you, but you will create certainty with them. And when they are certain that every time they come to your class, they are gonna get what it is that they're paying for or what it is that they're giving their time for, they're gonna start talking about you and they're gonna start talking about you a little bit differently. Instead of talking about the YMCA, they'll talk about you you'll begin to brand yourself. And your authentic teaching voice and your delivery, your, your vocal delivery will also begin to develop a pattern. And in this, in understanding where your skill and your technique lies, literally you'll start to curate your own brand, which is brilliant, okay? One of the ways that I do this, my own process, is by, by keeping a yoga journal and Similar to understanding what my result is, I will keep a yoga journal or a fitness journal and I will write down what I did in that journal after every practice, but then I'll also write down what I was struggling with or what was the, what was the main thing physically in my body, maybe emotionally sometimes, um, but what it was that I felt the most, that I questioned the most, or that I struggled with the most. And then I'll use that to create a theme for either a series of classes or my next class. And then I'll begin to research about it. I'll, I'll Google, I'll, I'll experience, I'll explore, I'll experiment, and I'll create a sharpened understanding of my own experience and use it as a sharpened technique and skill to deliver to my student. And in this way, I found that this really helped me um, just establish myself with my, with my community as a certain kind of teacher, which started to build my own brand. This builds consistency. It also reinforces your own knowledge. Again, I said this earlier, but it establishes trust and rapport with your students. And it gives you literally your own ongoing platform for themes and class, uh, class plans at, as a way to educate your students and to communicate with your students. Okay, pillar number three, class delivery. 
delivery is a little bit different from technique and skill. Delivery is the container, it's the atmosphere in which you're delivering your class. So when I'm training new teachers to teach yoga, we talk about a couple of things with regard to delivery. We talk about the atmosphere, we talk about your technique and your skill, and we talk about your voice. In this episode and in these five pillars, your voice, I, I have not, um, I haven't singled your voice out. I'll talk about that in a later episode, but I would definitely consider this. However, your voice will start to become more clear and more in focus as you build your technique and skill. So that will be something that will come um, that will come later on if you're a new instructor. I wouldn't rush that. I would just let that come naturally. And, and just by focusing on these five aspects of business, you'll start to really understand what your voice is because your voice should be natural. It should literally just be how it is that you deliver and talk, how you connect. Okay, class delivery. Your class delivery should be an extension of how you would host a guest at your own home. What are those little things that you would do if you were inviting a group of people over for dinner at your house? You may go out and get little hostess gifts. You might clean your house. You might develop a special menu. You might create a playlist, adjust the lighting. All of these things are little pieces that make you, you in action. Okay, so I'm not saying you should go and like hand out hostess gifts, but what I am saying is that your class delivery should include those little pieces of you lighting a candle, using a certain scent or aromatherapy, um, reading something like I do, I read at the end, I'll bring in a personal message at the end of each of my classes, um, using low light, adjusting the volume of your music as you move through the different segments of your of your yoga class so on and so on your class delivery should be unique to you and it should feel comfortable and welcoming in a in a unique way that speaks this is brandy's class Additionally, your class delivery should be organized and well-planned. Now, I don't teach young teachers to have a rigid plan to go by in their yoga classes, but what I do have them learn how to do is develop a loose outline that gives them enough space to hold a theme, but allows them the freedom to teach to who is in front of them. That alone will begin to create a consistent class delivery that is recognizable to you. Finally, through your class delivery, the way that you the way that you offer themes and intentions can also be used as a uniqueness um, in creating that special something that only you can deliver. I like to create tag words. So this is a little insider secret from me to you about how I teach in a class. I like to use personal messages from the heart, whether it's a triumph and a, something great that I'm feeling. Um, maybe I'm feeling extra connected to my children. Um, maybe I'm struggling that day with fatigue and fogginess. Whatever it is, 
this is a little different than my yoga journal and and my class uh, my class programming in terms of if I'm gonna teach hips or shoulders. This is more of a personal state that I I like to note that I am in, and then I'll go to a thesaurus on my phone or I'll just come up with some words in my own mind, and I'll create tag words similar to like how an SEO optimization tag word or tag phrase would work, where each of those tag words will just kind of come back to a certain theme or personal message that I'm going to deliver at the end of my class. Not only does this build something that my students will then be able to reflect back in and say, oh, she did mention that, but also it helps me to anchor into my own, my own place, my own theme that I've woven throughout my class. So your class delivery when building your yoga business should be unique to you. Now, if you're teaching in different locations, you can still create things that are unique to you via music, um, again, through the way that you theme or the way that you program and deliver your class. It doesn't always have to just be the lighting and the space and the sense and things like that. So think about this broadly and begin to brainstorm how it is, or even not, brainstorming might not even be the right word, but rather notice in your natural environment, what are those things that you do to invite other people into your space and start to make that fit into the way that you deliver your classes or your fitness classes, your yoga classes or your fitness classes. Okay, we have two more. Student results. Now we talked a little bit about understanding the result that you're going to offer your ideal student and you're gonna talk about as a way to get people to come into your classes. But in this pillar, what I want you to think about with student results is student results after the fact. I want you to begin to really establish a goal or um, let's see, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I want you to establish in your mind Set the intention that even if you get negative feedback, that you are gonna use all students' feedback as a way to cultivate creativity and to constructively consider whether or not you need to make a change, okay? One of the biggest downfalls I see with new teachers is that they don't listen to their students. They teach what they wanna teach and that's it. They don't hear their students. They don't notice if their students are getting a result or not. They don't know if their clients feel successful or not. And more times than not, they only listen to the positive reviews and they dismiss the negative reviews or they stick their head in the sand. But let's get real. If you wanna make money in this business, you have to create certainty in your clients. And the only thing that will create certainty in your client is if your client gets the result that they want and that they need and that they paid for. A long time ago, my very first fitness class ever was in Alaska and it was at 6.30 a.m. in the middle of winter. I had to drive 12 miles on an icy road in the dark to teach the step class. It was my very first class ever and I was so nervous. And 
anybody who gets up at 6.30 a.m. already usually is a pretty regimented individual. However, if you're getting up at 6.30 in the morning, you're driving on icy roads to get to the gym, you're even more dedicated to your routine. So I was going in and teaching my first class to people who had already been doing this for years and were, were much older than me and really had probably had a number of instructors float through that time slot, but they were loyal to the time slot. So I get in there and I teach my first step class and right after class, there is this big tall man that comes up and he said, now I'm gonna tell you what you did wrong. Now I don't know how it was that I didn't get defensive in that moment. I think it was one of those God moments that we, we are gifted as an opportunity to use later on. It was like one of those pivotal moments. And I didn't know this till much later, but in that moment, he told me everything that I needed to do for the next class. And in that moment, I received his feedback with gratitude, with inquiry, with curiosity, and really with humility. And it was after that, that I understood so clearly and so poignantly that anytime I had an, an upset student, it was an opportunity for me to listen to what it is that they need so that I can decide if they're my ideal student or if I decide I might need to change something, right? So feedback, if we can learn how to not take it so personally and we can learn as an entrepreneur to use this feedback in ways that optimize our profit line, optimize our, our client base, then we will be able to craft a just a fantastic business, a business that is founded and grounded in client referral, word of mouth advertising, integrity, and is aligned with you, your voice, and your personal message. So those student results, take those, write them down, save them, put them in your planning binder and use those. Use those as your secret sauce to building the client base that's right for you and right for your business. Okay, finally, last pillar that you need to focus on to build and grow your business from the ground up, your permanence. So what is permanence in business? Permanence in business is defined by the ability for a business to maintain participation in their industry with a new set of rules. Okay, that means that as the industry changes, as you evolve as a teacher, as your clients evolve, maybe they move on, maybe you have clients that roll through or have different needs at different times. It is your ability to stay connected, just like on our yoga mat, with a new set of rules each and every time. So our ability to stay relevant in this business is literally just gonna require you to stay connected to your students, to continue to learn and to grow as a teacher, to remain humble, and to never really get so attached to your wins that you cannot see what's coming around the corner. Permanence in your business is the fifth and final pillar in your five strategies 
that you should be focusing on. All right, my friends, that is my insight for you today um, in this Successful Side Hustle podcast. I'm so excited that you joined me. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day, and I look forward to sharing with you in the next episode.